0: Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready. Get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector and investor, and massive professional wrestling fan. Hopefully, you have all had a wonderful week so far. Last week, a little hectic, a little craziness going on, a lot of stuff happening. Hopefully, this show, last week, this week, and beyond can always serve as a helpful distraction and escape from all of the madness in the world. That is the goal. That is the intent. That is what we like about our hobby content. Isn't that the truth? We want to connect with others and connect with content that is meaningful and impactful and allows us to escape from some of the things that are happening in the world, from some of the problems we're having, some of the challenges we're facing. At least for me, that's what I'm looking for when I throw on a podcast and go for a run or watch a YouTube video when I've got a few minutes. I am looking for content creators that speak to me and speak to what I care about and educate. And I think that is such an important element and a foundational principle if you are creating content in the hobby. And shout out to all you content creators in the hobby recommendation always is focusing in on the education and sharing real life perspective. That was the intention when I started Stacking Slabs. It's funny doing this for as many episodes as I have at this point, looking back and people asking me, you know, I'm connecting with what you're saying because it feels like you're sharing your story with me and you're being authentic and you're being real. And that 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 means a lot to me when I hear that because that's been the goal of the, the show for the jump from the jump. It's really been, all right, I'm going to start this podcast as a passion project. And this world we're living in with sports cards, this market looks a lot different than what it when it did when we were younger. So what I'm going to do is share my story of what I'm learning along the way. And I am quickly finding that it is certainly connecting with you and others. And I really, really appreciate all the feedback, all the feedback I'm getting along the way with direct messages, comments, uh, you name it. Hell, I, I am even getting on phone calls with people that I'm connected with in the hobby to chop it up. And I care. I care so much. And the passion that I receive on the other end is so important. And that's another thing, education and passion. Like, this is a grind. This There is intention to what we're doing as content creators, or I hope there's intention, but you really have to be passionate about wanting to help, wanting to serve the hobby and wanting to connect with everyone out there. It seems like every time I drop a new episode with a new group of guests, people that are connected with those guests reach out to me and, and talk to me about Hey, I hadn't listened to you, or hey, my buddy had been telling me to listen to you and it took me for him to get on your podcast. And that's amazing. Like it's that ripple effect that can happen when you take some time, have conversations, and be authentic and be real with other people. And that's what I try to do with my content just along the way. Authenticity is critical. And the content that I really appreciate in the hobby are pieces of content that feels like when I'm listening in or watching, it feels like I'm sitting down at a table right with those um, creators. And it's not forced, right? It is not forced. It is natural. It is not overproduced. It is people sharing their stories. And I'm going to get into stories because I think stories are so powerful. You've heard me talk about stories, more stories in the hobby, like more freaking stories. I post this on my Instagram weekly and I watch it religiously day to day. But if you are not following Burbank cards on Instagram, hit follow on Burbank. You probably are because they have a great following. But Rob, the store owner, is every day sitting down at his desk, telling us all when he's getting into work and what he's looking forward to. And there's always a story associated with his posts. And I love it. I carve out the 10 the 15 minutes every day when there's a new Burbank post, because I know there's going to be something that Rob shares that I'm going to learn from. And right now, what I'm learning from is just someone at a with an operation um, that's been in the game for as long as him. And, and Rob, if you're listening, uh, I'm not calling you old, I'm calling you experienced. He is dealing with this transformation of going digital. And he is talking about The resources, the challenges, the obstacles, trying to take their inventory and and take it online. And these are the, like, that is the problem of, those are, these are real problems that people in the sports card market and industry are dealing with on a regular basis. And Rob is sharing his stories in real time of what they're going through. And to me, as someone who works in technology and is someone who is a solutioner of problems, my ears perk up. And I take notes because I think Rob obviously is not the only person in the hobby. Whether it's a store owner, whether it's someone who sells online, whether it's collectors that aren't dealing with obstacles in terms of migrating and going all digital, and so those are the types of things I'm uh, looking out for and listening to, and those are the things that really attracts me to different content creators in the hobby. So there's going to be a lot on this show. I'm going to talk about the importance of stories and storytelling and what it means to me. I'm going to get into some of the stuff and highlight some opportunities from a a tech perspective that that I, I believe are ripe in the hobby. There is so many transactions that are happening on a regular basis, so many interactions that are happening on a regular basis, and there's very, very little infrastructure in place. There's a lot of smart people looking at this hobby right now and saying, you know what? If we put a little money in this area, we can make this better. If we put a little money in this area, you know, things could run more efficient. I am going to talk a little bit more about that and leave you with a little teaser of where we might be heading in terms of conversations on the show that pertain to that. This past week has been the highest volume activity week I've ever had in the hobby. And I'm not talking about just sales. Sales are a part of that, but I'm talking about conversations, interactions on Instagram, phone conversations, Zooms, recordings, booking content, creating content, selling, buying. It is a non-stop grind over here. And you know what? It's a lot of freaking work, but it doesn't feel like work when you love it. And that's really smart people you hear say, you know what? You'll know you are in a place where you're really, really happy in life when you're, you're making it happen and you're, you're grinding and it just doesn't feel like work. And complete transparency to all you, I am trying to find my path in this hobby to find ways where I can go all in in certain areas that are going to make me happy and make just the hobby community hopefully better. That is what I'm dedicated to with this show, with this brand, with all the interactions with you, and trying to identify ways that I can point my skill set and what I do best at the hobby and make things better. Who going off at the jump, but I'm passionate about it. And I think there's so many people that share in that passion. And that's what I love so much about this hobby. Last night, I saw a little, when I woke up, actually, I I couldn't make it to I couldn't make it to the crossover. I'm watching it today. Shout out the crossover. I shout it out every week. Um, I saw my man Josh post this morning uh when I was in bed looking at his uh stories, it said, uh, this is the best hobby in the world. Fight me. <laughs> I'm not fighting you, Josh. I agree with you. It is, and it's amazing. The growth and the connections we all have, I am getting fired up for today. as I sit here, you know I record on Saturdays. Well, I do do it on Saturdays because this is the time I have carved out. I am a person on the go. I am a person that is has a lot of different interests. I am a husband. I need to give back to my household and my wife. So this is the time that I've carved out on a regular basis to come record and share these episodes with all of you. But today I have carved out some time here to talk. I've carved out some time in the evening, but I paid my freaking dues this morning. Let me tell you, everybody. And here's, a, here's just a pro tip. And I know a lot of you are doing it, but this is just a reminder. It is easy to get sucked into this rabbit hole of the hobby and just be on your phones, be on Instagram, be on eBay, be texting, be messaging. Make sure you take a step back and make sure the better half in your life, you're doing whatever you can to make sure you're satisfying your end of the deal. And if there are some stuff around the house that you need to lean, lean in and ha- a helping hand with, make sure you do it. Trust me, <laughs> I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in the hobby and I'm making sure that I'm not just not doing things around the house that I don't view as fun, but are important to my wife. And that involved today, raking leaves, that involved moving shit to the dumpster that's been stacked up in our house. We're in the middle of house renovations. I've talked about that. But again, house renovations. Hey, babe, here's your budget. I'm doing my hobby stuff. You focus on the house renovations. I know it's important to you. So make sure you're always being mindful of that. Because if you're mindful of that and you're giving back and allowing your better half to do what she wants while you're in the hobby, it leads to you spending more time in the hobby or you maybe being able to carve out some time. I'm carving out some time this evening. Big action ahead. Notre Dame football. Love them. Always have. It is my squad. My mother's from South Bend. First memories. Being up at my grandparents' house and my grandfather looking at me and saying, this is the team we cheer for. And you know what? I have been cheering for them ever since Notre Dame taking on Clemson. Tonight, too, we got AEW full gear. I am just an advocate of the AEW product. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen a pay-per-view card this stacked from top to bottom. And I'm I'm just ready for some entertainment. We're in the COVID era, baby. Entertainment is our best friend, and that is what I am doing to get by. Sports, wrestling, cards, things that freaking make me happy, and that's what I like to talk about here on the pod. One thing that's incredible that is right around the corner is the NBA, baby. Isn't that amazing? We just closed the doors on the season, and we're about to open them back up, and man, I know there was some... Uh, uh, there was some differing perspective by the players and the players association, but the date is landed December 22nd hoops are back, baby. We're all going to be talking about cards. We're all going to be watching games. We're all going to be trying to see if the guys we were speculating on are coming to fruition, um, in their second year. So much to talk about. I am going to be talking about basketball more and more in the coming weeks, but I got to tell you, I am just. There's a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of people on shows and content talk about this, but I've always been a fan of the NBA, big time. I've got the Pacers here. It's always connected me, but there was something about COVID, the NBA bubble, and just being at home and having access to all the games and being able to watch it all the time. That really elevated just my fandom with the NBA. Maybe it's the cards thing. I don't know but I know a lot of other people feel that way. Obviously, we're going to see the the basketball card market and it's going to sh- uh, give us signals to help show that as well. But I think, hey, get ready because I think basketball and especially basketball cards are going to start going up once again. So I think that's where we all as collectors and investors really need to pick and choose your spots. Don't overwhelm. Don't feel like you need to do everything. Don't feel like you need to buy everyone. Be freaking focused. All of the great collectors in the hobby have some sense of focus. And that is something that I learn from and I share with all of you. You can't go out there and buy a, have a portfolio. Well, you can, but it might not be smart. Have a portfolio of Zion, Ja. Tyler Hero, Kobe White, Sekou Demboye, Brandon Clark, Kendrick Nunn, like you won't be able to go deep in certain areas um, that you probably should be. Don't spread yourself too thin. That's my that's my feedback. I think being focused and going deep on a couple players is the smart thing to do. At least that's what I'm learning. With the NBA date being set, obviously the Panini's release calendar is set and I got to tell you the first three months of 2021 are going to be completely overwhelming with releases in January. You have hoops, everyone's favorite kickoff product certified Donruss. Then I think there's a week off. Then you've got revolution absolute. Then March happens Um, hoops and certified might be January Donruss revolution. And absolute might be February. I think that's how it shakes out. March is Prism, Origins, Contenders, and Crown Royal, a release every week. It's going to be freaking crazy. And we are seeing a company like Panini, they're just, they're feeding the market. Why wouldn't they? Because everyone's hungry. Everybody wants to eat. Everyone's got their hands out. And I think part of the reason why this is happening is obviously there's more interest than ever in the sports card than the sport card market. But like, what's happening with breaking is just unprecedented. Like I can't get on Instagram and this, I don't, I don't know if anyone else does this. This happens to me all the time, but I'm like, when I'm on Instagram, I'm like moving. I'm like posting, commenting, sharing, hitting stories. And sometimes I'll click in on someone's live and I'll have to drop off and be like, I don't even really know that person, but I just hopped in on their live by mistake. Peace. But there's always breaks going on. That's the point of what I'm trying to say. There's always breaks on Instagram. There's breaks everywhere. And I think, and I've shared this, I think breaks are a really, really good thing just in general for sports cards. It allows people to, there's there's two sides. Some people could be saying, you know what? I don't think breaks are a good thing because they drive up hobby box prices and I'm not able to go buy hobby boxes. Okay, there's a there's a take. That's fair there. Then there's the other side that says, you know what, breaks give me the opportunity to go buy into a bunch of different products and see these products, connect with others in these digital rooms, build relationships, and then also get a crack at some cards that I couldn't regularly afford. Make sure that, like, when you hear takes, you're hearing both sides and you understand both sides. We're now more than ever need to be in a A place in this hobby where it's not just about you and your perspective, don't be a cardboard curmudgeon. I've said that time and time again. Be open-minded. There's so many. You've got opinions. I've got opinions. We've all got opinions, but we all just need to be open-minded. But what I'm saying is that like breaks are here to stay. They're not going away. Panini's feeding into these breaks. They're going to create product. Then these breakers who are hustling and grinding are going to keep these breaks happening because they're building their brands just like everybody else so i was thinking about it taking a step back and maybe i need to get my man andy sports card investigator go check out his youtube page hit that subscribe button there's a little plug for you andy um these <laughs> this whole thing i look at it it's kind of like and i say this nicely but i was trying to think of a wh- I don't say this like criminally. I say this in a way that I was trying to like compare what's happening with uh, companies like Panini's distributors and, uh, you know, breakers. It's very much like a drug operation. Okay. It it is. People are freaking hooked. All right. (laughs) I think it's everything is good in moderation. And I think it is good to meet, do breaks to see new product, get a chance at a good hit, meet breakers to connect with others but like literally like it volume is going up breakers are getting but and they're all selling out they're all selling out it's people are hooked on this you know it is the perfect mix of gambling but not having to pay the price of a hobby box and i get it there's a thrill of being a part of the break and it's that feeling and you know it is you know if you're a gambler like Breaking makes sense if you want to see new product, breaking makes sense if you want to meet new people, breaking makes sense so like breakers are going to continue to do what they do because they're serving a need in the community, much like you know the drug cartel and drug uh people on the corner of the street and with operations are going to serve a need for their community um, I don't want to say breaking is the same thing as drug dealing, but just the way it's organized is I'm, I'm drawing parallels. I think like I, I monitor the break. I don't do everyone's breaks. I pick and choose my spots. I, I really do. Um, but I monitor these guys and they're, they're just selling out of everything. It's crazy. The demand on the break side is, is, is wild. And that's why companies like Panini are releasing new products every freaking week. It's cuz they can. The demand is there. So, I think like my my take is like with all of these new releases coming out like find a breaker. Like I found my my guys. Like I was in a break this week with Chris Keller at Top Shelf Breaks. Go check out Chris Keller at Top Shelf Breaks. I was in a break with him this week cuz you know what? I wanted to check out the Donruss Clearly product. I wanted to see it ripped. He had a half case break. And to me, it was, I have a relationship with Chris. It was an opportunity for me to say, Hey man, I bought into your break. Let's party. And he's a hell of a host. Make sure your breakers are great hosts. Make sure they care. Make sure they're efficient. Like to me, it's more about the people. Like I, he's my guy. Like I, I, I like, hanging out with them. And to me, it was like an hour and a half of hanging out with someone, meeting his audience and crowd and just get good people. Make sure you're like, it's a community. Make sure you're like finding the right community. If it feels transactional and last minute, probably not a good breaker and probably not something you want to deal with long-term. There's so many breakers out there, like really, really, like I've been hearing people left and right talking about pull wax, pull wax hustles, man. I popped in on a pull wax uh break th- this week and I just watched and dude ripping Contenders Optic like nothing. And to me it was great. I just sat there and watched this product get ripped cuz I wanted to see it. And then it gives me the opportunity to say, "You know what? Is this a product I'm interested in? Maybe I don't buy into a break, but hey, may- is there a guy I'm collecting that's in this set that I can go hit eBay and then say, "Okay, this is what I want." Oh, wow, like it's about the price of joining the break of buying this card. That gets your mind running and that gets you what to think. So I think just in general, like breakers are a really good thing for the hobby. And I think it is driving the release cycle and it's driving the demand. My final take on this is I I, I don't think that, and I was saying this at the top, like you don't need to try to make money off of everybody. I think you should pick and choose two guys or two prospects that you are attached to and you've studied. Obviously, like John Morant, I have no interest in selling John Morant, but I I, I like his upside and I like his game and I like him. So I'm collecting him. Sekou Nimboye, I bought him as an investment, but I'm looking at him now as a potential collection. It's that transition of mindset. And so outside of those two guys in last year's draft class, I'm not really, I'm not buying anybody else. I know I had talked about Kobe White last week or a couple weeks ago, and I told you I reset on that. So I think like this, this year, everyone's saying it's a down draft class. Hell, like I think any draft class would be a down draft class in comparison of uh, this past year. I mean, seriously, like this past year's draft class, I was looking at it again it is the opportunity to be really, really special. It really does. In terms of magnitude and volume of players that can make an impact. This next year, it might not. There might not be a Ja. There might not be a Zion. There might not be a Tyler Hero. But here, here's a Tyler Hero too. It's like he is undeniably a hell of a player. But would we be talking about Tyler Hero if he was on the Kings? Probably not. He landed in the right situation. So those are the types of things as collectors and investors we need to be thinking about and considering when we're buying into breaks and trying to hunt guys when we're looking on eBay and you know this draft class you've got flashy guys like Lamelo Killian Hayes Anthony Edwards those are guys are going to be at the top of the bill and they might not be. Zion or Ja, but the hobby's gonna hype them like they are, so be be aware of that, and I think just know that there's going to be a lot of hype going on. I'm excited for basketball to come back. I hope you all are too. I had this like i've been in this nostalgic phase where I've been really reflecting back, and so I know it's not like this for many people or maybe maybe it is, but seems like whenever I bring this. Up outside of my bubble of people, people are like, man, you just had the greatest experience ever when you were in high school. And I did. I love my high school. I met my wife in my high school. I just have so many fond memories. Cathedral High School won semi-state last night. Going back to state, baby. Fired up. I really am. My high school creates leaders. Shout out Terry McLaurin. Leader. Just announced as Washington football team captain. How about that? So I, I just had such a great experience. And I, I reflect back on just like this carefree lifestyle when I was an idiot and I was like coming into coming into age, playing football. And, you know, it was all about partying with friends. You know, who's got the case of course light? Who's got who, who's got the who's got the joint? Um, who's go, who's ha, whose parents are gone? Who's party? Where are the girls at? When's weightlifting start for football? But a big part of this all to me was like the music and it always has been. And that's been a connection. And I've talked about this. I was sitting there. I was reflecting back on my high school days just because my football team or cathedral was in going to state and I was on YouTube and just recommended videos. And it was like all coming together. There was a video of a song from high that triggered back so many memories of being dumb in high school and just being carefree. And it was a band called Dashboard Confessional, Chris Carraba. And Dashboard Confessional did an unplugged. And so it was an MTV unplugged in the studios where they used to host TRL. It's all like coming back to me. And this group of friends I had, we were all just hooked on this. It was just this, this performance that was just outstanding. And Going back, the video popped up and I had to click it and the song was hands down. And I watched this video and it just literally brought me back to sophomore year. It brought me back to having so much fun in the relationships. And when I watched this video, everybody in the crowd had a sense of connection with the music and everybody in the crowd was smiling and everyone was in the crowd was singing the words and watching it like not only brought me back to high school, but it also triggered so many thoughts about just the hobby in general. I share that with you to say that you all might not like Dashboard Confessional and might not have had that experience of being in high school and that connection. Um, and that's completely fine. But others did. And I think it also like, led me to think to myself is that everybody in that room listening to Chris Caraba that day, like they were all fans and they were all about Dashboard Confessional and they were enjoying life because they had a common interest. And I think this hobby we have is so vast and it's an unregulated market um, with people from all demographics. And we, we as hobbyists can't please everyone, and nor should we. I don't do this show to say, hey, I'm speaking to everybody, and here's my pulpit. I don't. I know my demo. I know who you are listening on the other end. I know who you are because I interact with you regularly, and I try in my episodes to cater to you because that's who I am, and it's easy for me. We we sit in the same hemisphere of life. We sit in the same in- interest. We've got a little bit of money to spend, and so the reason why I share this is just to let you know that we all can't please everyone and we should spend time with people that are that are similar to us or have common interests, just like those people who all got in the studio that day to listen to Dashboard Confessional and they might not have known each other, but they all looked across the room and they were singing hands down and knew all the words and the other people were singing hands down and all the words and there was a strong connection there. And so I think that is really, really important. And we should be kind to everybody in the hobby, but we don't need to please everybody in the hobby. There are assholes and there are scammers in the hobby. Fuck them. Like, seriously, fuck them. Like, we know that there's bad and those people exist. Those are people that if we know that they're around, we should expose them. We should, but we shouldn't spend our times wasting wasting away trying to figure out how we can convert people to think like us. It's natural and it's organic. And so I think my recommendation and the takeaway for you is that begin to segment your time and associate it with people that are similar to you and are going to make you happy. Find freaking groups of people that can that want to sing the same songs as you. That's what I'm saying. and I look back on that too, and it's like it's all about like that those performances with uh, that CD and, uh, the videos with dashboard confessionals is he was telling stories too. And that's what I think we need more of in the hobby. And I enjoyed last week on the hobby hustle with the captain 37, Kevin and my man, that's the old price, Robert. They're telling stories about their operation. And I think the, the concept and the idea of like why they bought why they both had never talked about it with each other, but they were both on the same wavelength where they were pairing 2017 Brady cards with 27 Mahomes cards because they both believe that 2017 is going to be the year in football that we're all going to be hunting and is going to continue to go up in price. That's, that's wild. I, like I wanted to make sure to comment on that. That is wild that those two dudes had never talked about that and were on the same wavelength. I think that's important and I think stories are important. So my, my job on this show, and this is what I feel strongly and I'm very, very passionate about, my job is to not make this show about reading the news. There's other shows that do that. There's other content creators that do that. And I'm not dogging that. There are people that's needed. That is a needed resource in the hobby. I am here because I want to share stories from the hobby and share perspective from the hobby. And that is what I am going to continue to do on a day-to-day basis. And one of these things I'm going to talk about right now and some stories is just me living in that sub life. I am living, I'm I'm swimming in PSA cards right now. Isn't that something? You listened to me three months ago and I was complaining about PSA and yes, I'm not, wait, I don't have a, I didn't replace the Colts flag hanging on the side of my house with a PSA flag. I did not do that, and I'm not there yet, but I will say a lot of activity is happening because a lot of my orders are coming back, and I had order number two come back this past week, went live, posted some cards. I'm I'm decent conversion rate. I had four. Let's see here. I had 28 cards in this order, 14 10s, 12 9s, and two minimums. I've got an order number three coming back soon, too. So a lot of football coming in. And this is when you, I guess when you wait so long, not only there's some cart, like this last order I got back, I looked at it and I was like, man, probably not a lot of people are going to have interest in a lot of this stuff because a lot of it was Colts related stuff. And that's fine. Like I have a Colts collection like that. And, and a lot of these pieces fit within it. But then you go back and look on orders and this order number three, I was looking at, I started to get nervous. <laughs> because I started a research. And one of the cards that was in that order was is a DK Metcalf prism silver autograph. And I was like, man, I forgot I bought that card. And I bought that card obviously months ago before DK Metcalf became, not become, because I've been talking about DK. Obviously, I talked about his performance in the playoff game against the Vikings. And I let all you know that I was hyped on him. And so I made purchases, but I had bought this card and I bought this card for 80 bucks. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that this card was in the order and I don't have the grade yet. And I was like, I wonder what this card is going for now in a PSA 10. I saw that the card sold for $1,500. I was like, holy God. And that's why you grade. That's why you can grade because it gives you options. And no, not like not everybody in that sub is is going to be a home run, but there are going to be home runs if you have high volume of activity. So I'm hoping for a 10 on that DK because I while I appreciate and like watching DK, I'm not collecting them, but if I, I get that card back and it's in a nine or a 10, hopefully a 10, I sell that back into the market and I get some cash and go buy cards I really want. Living that sub life, baby. It's not just about the the bulk subs, though. I rip the pack, you know. Three weeks ago, two weeks, three weeks ago, hanger pulled out a Justin Herbert orange reactive mosaic. And I was like, that's a nice surprise for buying, pay, overpaying for a hanger box. Immediately, I sent that card in express, paid the $75 because I was like, Justin Herbert, this guy is, looks really good. People in the market really like him. This car, low pop, it's new, not a lot out there. Let's go pay, let's invest the $75, try to get this baby back at 10. Got a notification today and said, or a couple of days ago, landed a 10 on it. So that's awesome. Not just bulk, but it's really important that we should all be, if it makes sense, finding opportunities to express the stuff, sell it while it's hot, get the cash and go buy cards you really want. I've got, I'm spending time after I'm done with with this while I'm entertaining myself tonight, and I've got this massive wrestling sub. It's about 200 vintage wrestling cards. I'm not going to keep everyone. It's probably going to cost six months, but I've talked about the opportunity with wrestling cards, and the margins are great. That's going to allow me to have inventory that I can sell, that I can get cash, and buy cards I really want. That is the game. It's a high-volume activity, and I think that is just really important, and I just want to say it's like again. I've had to think this way. It's all about practicing patience. You got to be patient, but you also have to be subbing. Collection buying too, man. If you can buy, if you can afford some raw cards in a collection and you think that they're cards that you the market wants, don't look back. Don't look back. If they look good, snatch them up, and send them to grading because <laughs> – It'll provide you opportunities that you might not have thought you had. Buy big cards that you thought might be out of your hemisphere. That's what I'm talking about. One of the cool things about this show and getting PSA orders back is that selling cards on Instagram. I mean that this has been a blast, and I have had so. Thank you. Shout out to all the buyers that I've had. Um, but it's been so much fun to cut out fees and cut out all the bullshit and just meet people and sell people my cards. It's awesome. Like my first order. I could, I, I could not believe how much inventory I sold in 24 hours. We're talking like 30 slabs in like 24 hours. It was incredible. I might be new to selling slabs in volume, but I'm not new to selling in volume. I've been selling wrestling memorabilia and figures and wrestling figure communities for years. And I understand that in order to get people to come back is you got to provide... Badass customer service. And badass customer service is not being an asshole on negotiation. It is not, is being clear in your communication, sending tracking immediately when it's ready and sending it out when you say you're going to. And I did that for everybody on the first PSA order. And I've done that for everybody on the second PSA order. And if you're listening and I sold you cards, thank you. Like shout out to all of you because you all are helping me capital that I can then go put into cards that I really really want. So, I my model and I will always do this. When I have a PSA or, order, I will always price it out in advance and I'm not going to do reveals and not know because you don't care if I'm surprised that I got a 10. You care about the cards that I have and if I'm selling them. The easiest way for me to move efficiently is price it out ahead of time, go live, show the cards, slide into my DMs, get the deal done pay me PayPal, here's your tracking off to your doorstep. That's efficiency in the market. And we can all create them. We can all create it. And again, I'm fortunate to do this and people trust me and cut out the bullshit because they know I'm not gonna screw, screw you. I'm putting myself out there in public. And that's a fortunate, the fortunate part about having a brand. And it doesn't say, just because you don't have a podcast doesn't mean you don't have a brand. We all have personal brands. So build your brand in the hobby. And if you're trying to sell cards, it makes it more efficient and it makes it easier. I talked about that 200 sub card wrestling card, uh, sub that I'm putting together. It makes me so proud. And again, was a catalyst from a collection by a lot of it. I just like, can't wait to get these cards back. And it's going to be a lot of work for me to put it all together, but it's going to be worth it. I'm big on the Chrome stuff, man. I, I, I bought the two hobby boxes. I hit a monster gold Rhea Ripley autograph parallel that everybody in the hobby is chasing that is going degrading. I got an Io Shirai autograph parallel. That's freaking money. I love the genius of the sky. God, I love Io Shirai. Um, again, like wrestling, passionate about it. These cards rule. I love Chrome. First appearance in the last five years. Ripped these two hobby boxes, 24 packs, two big monster hits, refractor in each pack. And I said, this was a good rip. Two hobby boxes I for under 300 bucks. Once I was done, woke up on Friday and I said, you know what, can, sir, can I have another? And so I looked on blowout. They had one hobby left discounted at 119. And I was like, you know what? That is within my budget to get a hobby back. And it's hopefully on my doorstep as I record this right now to have a fun little rip. And I always think if we can have fun little rips, we should do it. There's a difference between retail and hobby rips. And I know hobby rips are more expensive and I understand you don't all rip wrestling cards, but it's finding the groove for you. That is a groove for me. I get to satisfy the rip. I get to enjoy wrestling cards. I They're really nice chrome cards. And I'm really enjoying it. So I'm really excited about Chrome. I'm fired up about it. The other thing I'm fired up about is Charlotte freaking Flair. And man, I have been I have been just hooked on buying Charlotte Flair cards. Just hooked. Because I've talked about her being the best female wrestler of all time. Her being a transcendent superstar. Her main eventing WrestleMania. Her signing with Gary. And I say this. Don't go buy Charlotte Flair if you don't give a shit about wrestling. That's not going to work. Buy Charlotte Flair for the investment. She is the daughter of Rick freaking Flair. Woo! And I'm just having fun. I got back Charlotte Flair out of 25 2020 transcendent card. I'm not sure I've held a cooler card than that one. That Those transcendent cards, they're high dollar but Damn, that's a great looking card. And I can't wait to get that thing graded. I'm just on a Charlotte Flair tear, man. I'm having fun. And another cool one I got was I got my man Roman Reigns' rookie from the FCW set. Roman Leakey is what he came by. I got it in a BGS 9.5. And I used used Robert from That's the Old Prices strategy. It was up for auction. And I overextended the bid because I didn't want anyone to mess with it. I wanted this card. And I ended up getting it for way cheaper than I thought. And I think that's awesome. So I got myself a Roman rookie card, true rookie in that FCW set. And I am fired up. The episode, I keep going back to this episode. And if you did not listen to the episode on Friday, Hobby Hustle with the Captain and that's your price, go listen to it. Trust me. But it got me thinking about player collecting in my own situation. And I think you should all think about player collecting in your situation player collecting is fun. It's meaningful, significant, it's impactful. And so I thought about myself and it was like, all right, on the football side, Peyton, Kyler, Terry McLaurin, basketball, Reggie, John Morant, Sekou Demboye, wrestling, Undertaker, Vince McMahon, Charlotte Flair, maybe a little Roman Reigns. And I think that's cool. Like that is what I collect and everything else are kind of like chips to bargain with. You know, I do have a Colts collection of Colts guys and I I'm building that up of Colts slabs. And that's always going to happen just because I have an affinity for the Indianapolis Colts, but everything else is negotiated. Like I- that's all like chips I can bargain with. And I think that's cool. It's like, you've got an, o- I've- I feel like I've got an operation. So Dig into your mentality on what players make sense to you. And maybe it's saying, you know what? I need to reset and just focus on these players. Sell these guys, get cash, and go buy more of the players I really love. That's player collecting. And I think that's really important. We should all be thinking about it. All right. So I had like just some of the like nicest things ever happened to me in the hobby this week. So I'm going to shout these people out. So first one, I got to shout out my man, Mike, Pack Hero. He got a a pack of, had three cards. It was sent to him by Panini. Um, I can't remember, like holiday something. I can't really remember why it's, you know, based on his relationships, I'm sure, with Panini. But he pulled a Paris Campbell Happy Holidays uh, card that has a uh, relic of a Christmas cap that Paris is wearing in the card. And... I commented on his post and was like, awesome cards, man. That's a great card. He ended up sending me the damn thing. And that was just so nice. And so uh, it just meant so much to me. And I, 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 I've built, ai know he's not healthy right now, but I'm building a little a Paris Campbell PC. Um, I got his field level tricolor prism at a 99 PSA 10, silver prism PSA 10. Uh, blue ice PSA nine in that blue ice with the blue Jersey. Ooh, baby. And I got his orange PSA nine, but like, that was like so nice and thoughtful. And I want to thank Mike. And I also want to thank my man, Greg at the pack profits, dude. He sent me a freaking game Jersey, Reggie Miller, upper deck card, 1999, 2000, a card that I've been looking at. And it was just so nice. And I just want to shout shout out Wax Pack Hero and the Pack Profits. Really good people and just kindness in the hobby. And we need not we don't need more people to send me cards, but the thought and the meaning, the thought and giving back and sharing like with people that you appreciate and are connected with is really really important. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Mike. Want to take a moment to thank my good friends at StarStock for making selling cards easy for me. I know I've been talking a lot about StarStock. It has a place in my operation and a place in my rotation. It does. Like I, There are cards I care about, like the cards I just mentioned with the Reggie Miller game jersey and the Paris Kelt, uh, Campbell Panini snow cap relic here. But then there's cards that I don't and cards I rip packs and cards that are sitting under my futon, but cards I can send to them and then they can list and then I can sell them and get a little cash to fund my PC. Make sure you go check out StarStock and I think it's going to be something that is going to work for you and be a good channel to not only buy cards raw and slab, but also sell your inventory. Use promo code slabs for a $5 discount. Also, card ladder. You know I'm going to plug card ladder I, it is just, the content on Card Ladder is getting better and better. And that is like the first thing I'm going to now when I'm, uh, I'm checking my, the ladder and I'm checking my, the sales and checking out what my portfolio, but I've just been loving the content. www.tinyurl.com backslash stacking slabs, sign up, check out Card Ladder. It is one of my favorite places to spend time in the hobby because It not only gives me a pulse of what's going on, but it also allows me to read some really great content and get connected to those content creators. It's a great place. Here is one that I am really, really excited to share with all of you. And I talked a little bit about the phone call I had this past week. And this is going to give all of you the opportunity. To get on board and get involved with an awesome, amazing publication in the hobby that I think is significant, that I think is meaningful, and I think makes a difference. You've heard me talk about the Basketball Card Fanatic, my favorite magazine in the hobby. It's just an amazing publication. You heard me have Adam on the show. It's just, there's so much time and energy put into this. Publication to make it lights out. That I needed to talk. I, I I wanted to talk with Adam, and Adam wanted to talk with me about how we can give something exclusive to the listeners of Stacking Slabs to get people signed up and on board with the Basketball Card Fanatic. So this offer is limited, and it's exclusive to you if you're listening to this right now. So you can get $20 off your year-long subscription and you've got the deadline of Friday, this Friday, which I got to pull out my, uh, it's the 13th, I think. Let me double check on that. Make sure I don't spread any, uh, yes, the 13th. So you've got until midnight, 11.59 on the 13th to sign up for $20 off an annual subscription. You can do this by going to paypal.me backslash basketball card. And all you have to do, put stacking slabs in the notes. So that's paypal.me slash basketball card. Put stacking slabs in the notes and you will get $20 $20 off your annual subscription of the Basketball Card Fanatic. I was talking to Adam and he said, you know, hey, thank you so much for talking about Basketball Card Fanatic on your podcast. I know there are people that heard you talk about it and came to me and signed up. What can we be doing to to try to get the message out there? And I told Adam, I said we like I would really like an exclusive offer because I think that would be something he was like absolutely let's do it. So you've got a limited time. You're listening to this. It's on a Wednesday. I'm going to plug it again on Friday. But make sure if you want a little discount on this awesome publication. And by the way, issue three will drop Saturday. So you will get a brand new issue on Saturday if you sign up right now. PayPal.me backslash basketball card stacking slabs in the notes. I want to thank Adam for just doing a bust up job. With that publication. I hope you, if you're listening, you give it a shot. It is literally when it comes, I drop everything and I read it twice. It is so important and so meaningful, especially as we're hopping right back into basketball season. Go check it out. Another one of my favorite people and one of my favorite content creators and innovators in the hobby, you know, this is my man, Chris McGill. Some people like to call him Chris Hoge. House of Jordan's card ladder. He is someone who I want to be a reoccurring guest on this show. I was thinking about, and I'm building out my content calendar, and I was thinking about this week, and I just said, you know what? It's it's been a quarter, and I haven't had Chris on. And he's got so much insight and commentary on the hobby. Let's get him back on. So Chris will be joining me back this Friday on the Hobby Hustle. We, I sent him a bunch of topics and said, hey, man, like I'd love to just chop it up and cover these topics that matter to the hobby with you right now. And he said, absolutely, I'm on board. So I am fired up for that. Also, got to shout out my man, Jordan, Sports Card Analytics. I'm sure you've seen it right now and hopefully you've listened. But if you haven't, make sure you go to his YouTube page and check out a video that I'm featured in. I got an appearance along with other awesome people in the hobby. You buy bass because you're basic. You buy bass because you're basic. Jordan dropped this track. He's following in the footsteps of my favorite hip-hop hobby trio, Peter Pac-Man, Slabby Sosa, Rip Hamiltops. I've watched, by the way, not to take any thunder off of Jordan right now because I'm going to go back to it. But, man, I've watched that My Pack video 100 times. Go check out My Pack. God, I love that. The animations in that are incredible. But go check out Jordan's paid sports card analytics. Check out you buy bass because you're basic. Hip hop in the hobby. That is what's up. All right. We are going to round the corner here and talk a little bit about my work in the software as a service market and my career and opportunities and things that I'm observing in terms of building infrastructure and innovation in the hobby. So I lead with it every day. I do marketing for B2B, for software companies. That's my background. That's my career. Build brands, drive demand for companies, product marketing, positioning, and packaging. In order for me to do my job, I need to understand and study markets. When I first got back into the hobby, I took the exact same approach that I do with every new opportunity, new job that I've had in my career. I study what's happening. I dove head first, signed up for all the content, checked out all the products, met tons of people, and just immersed myself in all the communities. And I learned a ton. This experience helped me get to where I am right now in the hobby. And I pick and choose what I want. I figured, you know what? If I'm creating a show, I don't want the show to be like everyone else, but I want to have a different angle. So I think just there is so much opportunity in less than a year that I've observed in terms of innovating in the hobby. I get on Card Ladder every day and they've got a ton of cards that they highlight and that are, that are in their platform and they show the volume of transactions on a regular basis. And I just look at that and I'm like, man, this many cards just like in cards that they're monitoring are selling every day in the hobby. And this is just the piece. And I look at card companies and manufacturing and distribute distribution and grading and, you know, read articles and say, s- that say, you know what, right now, like the hobby's about an $8 billion market with zero regulation, mind you. To me, that signals that this market is ripe for innovation. I read an article last week that really helped support a lot of my thoughts and my, uh, the way I've been thinking. And one of the like, I talk about a lot about how I communicate what's on my mind with people in the hobby. And it's mostly around content. It's mostly around cards, the market. But I haven't really spoken to anyone about just innovations and what I do professionally. And I read this article, and this article was called Ready to Invest Areas for Opportunity for Angel and VC Investment in the Sports Card Industry. And the author is Darren Herman. And I read his article, and I was saying, Uh huh, uh huh, yep, uh huh, uh huh, yep, uh huh, oh, yep, yeah, yep, oh, oh, baby, yep, that, yep, that's right. And I got done reading the article, and I said, Holy, I haven't yet to. Read content from someone that helped confirm a lot of things that were happening in my head and in my mind. And when I got done reading the article, it was so powerful that I slid into Darren's DMs and I said, Hey, man, I got to tell you, this is on point. This is amazing. And this is something I definitely want to talk about more on my show because what he highlights is areas of disruption. So Darren said, absolutely, let's do it. I had a chance to chat with him and he is going to be on a upcoming episode of The Hobby Hustle. Darren has a just unbelievable background in technology and innovation. Um, he is a part of investment firms and he can work, put on his technology cap and put on his investment cap and he is in the hobby, just like all of us, and so he is certainly someone that I wanted to have on the show. You can follow him at midlife Crisis cards and make sure you read his article in advance of our conversation because if you do that, it's gonna the the dots will connect quicker for you as we're chopping it up, and we're gonna fly like we're gonna fly on these topics about innovation in the hobby, and this episode. This, is, this might be a Stacking Slabs first where I promote a show two weeks in advance, but th- that episode will go live, um, The Hobby Hustle, after my conversation with Chris. So this week, you get my man Chris. We're going to go Broadway and chop it up. Then you got Darren next week, and we're going to talk about areas of opportunity, innovation, in the hobby. Go read his article. And just reflecting on his article and reflecting on what has gone on in my head, my, my macro is that I think that companies in the hobby that exist or don't exist, there are going to be startups. And this is what I do for a living, startups, baby. There, there are going to be startups that emerge that are going to help f- plug and fill these gaps in the hobby. And it's going to be great. It's going to allow more efficiency. It's going to ma- allow more interactions, better communication. Happiness. People are going to be happy because we're the market's moving more efficiently. But my macro is that I think you know companies that are starting up, and this is hey, if I'm starting a company in the hobby tomorrow, this would be like my pillar would be focusing in on end-to-end customer experience. End-to-end customer experience is a rarity in the hobby. We all bitch and complain about just being in the dark with our grading orders and zero follow-up and things feeling like a utility for spending all this money just in general grading and non-grading aside we should demand into in customer experience that is rich and premium so i think from a grading perspective you know there's innovation that can be we've talked we've seen machines we've seen the psa machines but what about what about machines that actually we able to grade cards and we able to get our orders back in an efficient way. And we were getting emails along the way of this, eliminating the subjectivity of the card grading. That's interesting. In grading companies, having marketing communications in a way that makes us feel like we are a part of the process and in the know. Having grading companies focusing on segments of the market, right? Like what if there was grading companies just focused in on collector cards, serial number, short print, vintage? What would that look like? Transactions. I talked about Instagram. No fees. People want to buy from people, right? They're cards, but people want to buy from people. How can we facilitate that through technology? How can we make that easier and more efficient? And, and sh- it should be easy for all of us to be able to want to see what we all have in our PCs and what we all have for sale, right? That should, be, that should exist. Like You should be able to click into my Instagram profile click the link in my bio and see, every, see my whole collection and see everything I had for sale. You should be able to do that and be like, I know Brett, I listened to his show. I want this card, let me buy it. It blows my mind that that's not happening. So these are just some thoughts that are on my mind. And I think after reading Darren's article, it definitely got me my uh, thought process rolling. So I'm excited to chop it up and spend more time about innovation in the hobby. Man, love this. I love this hobby. I love the engagement. I love everything you all give me on a regular basis to keep this engine rolling. If you like what you heard, smash that subscribe button. You know the drill. Follow me across all social channels. Most importantly, tell your friends about Stacking Slabs. Tell them to say what's up. Listen to the show. I do appreciate that. Make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back on Friday. Hobby Hustle with Chris, House of Jordans, card ladder. It's going to be fun. Have a good one.